0: Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 31. I'm very much looking forward to sharing today's interview with you. My guest is Laura Bertucci. Laura lives in Italy and surrounds herself with houseplants. Not just a few, but plants everywhere, on every surface of her home. (laughs) She opened up in this conversation about how plants bring her peace and calm in a world where things can get overwhelming, especially when suffering from anxiety and depression. Caring for plants as well as drawing and painting them has become a very important part of the way Laura stays calm and safe in this world. Laura's honesty and openness touched me deeply and by the end of this conversation I felt like I had made a friend for life. Let's listen.
1: So, thank you so much for being here and I look forward to this conversation.
2: Uh, Me too, thank you very much for calling me.
1: Tell me about when and how your connection with nature began. Did you have nature around you even as a child?
2: Yes, I'm living in the country very close to Venice, so it's North Italy and uh, I have fields around me, uh, little woods, and I have, a, I had a very beautiful and big garden. So yes, I'm surrounded by nature. And when I was a child, I really remember that I used to watch many nature documentaries on TV, mm-hmm. and my father had many... Uh, national geographic magazines I think he had a whole collection but my parents were not very keen to nature I mean it's strange because they are still watching nature uh, programs on TV (laughs) but they have no pets um, and I don't think they are very uh, fond of nature. I mean, they never took me to see something special uh, in nature around me. So the connection was mine, was a Mm. personal connection. They also used to have many and they still have many houseplants. Mm -hmm. I still remember a huge and very tall monstera, deliciosa and it touched the ceiling and then curved down and so it was beautiful and the Sunday routine was watering all the plants and cutting the dead leaves off, the dry leaves. So I've been surrounded by houseplants.
0: Mm And houseplants, yeah. some people,
1: you said your parents aren't um fond of nature, but houseplants are a form of nature, just domesticated. Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> and so, and now you have an absolute passion for houseplants, and now you've told me where it started with your parents. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. My parents, my mother, actually, of course. Uh, She loves houseplants. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And the first time I went to live alone, I I was 28, I think. I had a very small apartment, just two-room apartment, and it was a jungle. (laughs) (laughs) It was a jungle with very easy plants Mm -hmm. because I just had some pothos, uh, they survive low light and everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And some peace lilies. But they were everywhere. <laughs> Almost everywhere. Trailing in pots. Yeah, because for me, houseplants are joy. Yeah. And they are part of my life. I mean a house without house plants for me is an empty house.
1: I have been looking at your work, your blog and your Instagram page and you have an absolute jungle Even now, Mm. inside your home, you have all different sizes, different species, hanging plants, plants in pots, plants on every surface, on your windowsill. And I just get a beautiful, happy feeling just from looking at your home in these photographs.
2: Yeah, thank you. I think it's um, warm. When I Mm. come home at night after work or in the afternoon, it's a warm welcome for me. Mm. Um, with all those plants, uh, lush green. I actually I try to have quite easy plants, not too mm-hmm. difficult, because <laughs> I don't have much time on my side. So I don't want to have ugly plants
3: mm-hmm. or
2: drying out or yeah, yellow leaves. I don't. I I really like foliage. I really like green tropical leaves and that feeling, so and I love absolute love trailing plants mm-hmm. yeah, like curtains coming from the ceiling yeah, it's beautiful.
1: What a special thing you have I want to learn more from you and from your work because you've inspired me. I have a very big garden but inside my home I often feel like a little bit trapped and a little bit um it's too indoor if you know what I mean and you've inspired me to bring some of the outside in by investigating houseplants
2: well yes for me it's exactly the opposite feeling uh for me my outside I have a big garden too very big garden but for me outside is too much outside Uh, yes and i i like to stay inside i like to stay Mm. indoors and and so i'm this is why i bring all those plants inside Mm. all my life i think since i was a teenager i've been suffering from anxiety and depression and this makes it very difficult for me to stay outside Mm. out of boundaries out of walls i feel very weak when i'm outside unfortunately that's why i'm not walking i'm not hiking i'm not traveling a lot but i I always love nature, so I need nature, and that's why I try to take nature inside my house, mm. because I don't feel comfortable outside.
1: So the, sa- the walls of your home feel like a safe yes. place? Yes, mm. exactly.
2: Exactly. That's a very, that's a very um, terrible limit and Mm -hmm. i know that because i always see through your feed or nature journalists feed and it's so beautiful to explore nature outside to go for a walk and draw um i go for walks but just around my house Mm -hmm. um i would really love to be able to go into a forest or a wood in the mountains but no, that that's off limits for me.
0: Um, mm.
2: But in these last years, I've learned how to appreciate my limits and uh, make it, make me stronger. They make me stronger because mm. I know I have the limits. I want to accept them and cope with them. Mm and try to find solutions that make me happy and not a victim of my limits.
1: Yes. And when you're out in the world and you have that anxious feeling, is it something you can pinpoint or is it just a feeling like, is it, is this, is it a fear of something specific or is it just a feeling of being too spacious or vulnerable?
2: Mm. Yeah. But open air, open Mm -hmm. spaces, no, Mm. it's not for me. That's not for me. It's when something is too open and I can't see the limits. I feel feel very sick. I can't breathe. I sweat. So I, I don't want to feel bad. i don't want to push myself too much off limits
1: yeah but it's beautiful that you can create a forest in your home in this way and your plants offer something beautiful and nourishing and i'd love to read a quote from a blog post you wrote if that's okay you wrote every single moment i spend with my plants makes my brain switch to a different reality one that's only mine where pain and anxiety have no meaning and you describe how connecting with plants caring for plants it's a kind of mental shelter And these are such powerful articulations of the idea that nature can ease anxiety and depression in us. And I'd love for you to talk about this a little bit, about the solace you find in nature and about this mental shelter that you find when you're with your plants. It's beautiful.
2: Uh, Well, yes, as I told you before, um, my anxiety makes me overthink
3: Hmm. everything. Mm.
2: Everything is huge. Mm. It's like a mountain to climb. Uh, But when I'm with my plants, it's like I go back to earth Mm. with my feet on the ground. And I'm focused on the leaves, on the, the earth and maybe on the little bugs that I find on the leaves. <laughs> um, and I like to care for my plants. Uh, I have a connection. I, I feel it's quite easy to care for them. Mm. Um, it's easy for me to understand if they need water or if not, if they need more light, uh, it's like um, it's like a yes, a shelter for my mind. Same thing with watercolor, um, because I really need to calm down mm. and to stop thinking of yes. all that's going on.
1: Yes, so it's a way of anchoring yourself in the present moment. Yes,
2: exactly. Yes, yes. But at the same time, yeah, present moment, but away from worries. Yes. And bad things.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, so beautiful. And I hear from your words and also from your exploring your work that you have a deep emotional connection with your plants as well like a heart connection and it's it's like you don't distinguish between the love you can feel for plants and the love you can feel for a pet for example or for another person and i'd love to know if if that's right if my sense of of your feeling is right that you can connect with a plant in a really deep way like this on an emotional level
2: yes as you may understand, I'm not a very social person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have friends. I don't, I don't go out very much. Mm-hmm. And I find that plants are very helpful. Mm. Uh, first of all, they don't talk and they don't judge.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, it's easy for me to connect with them. I never speak to them with my with words, mm-hmm. but it's very easy. It's like we perfectly understand each other. Mm-hmm. So I feel I have company.
1: Yes, with my plans. Yes, there was one picture you had, and it was a beautiful um spread of your breakfast and your garden and you had brought one of your plants out with you and you said having your plant there for company while you ate breakfast and i thought that was so beautiful that you can find this this connection with a plant and the plant can keep you company
2: yeah also because during my normal daytime i meet many people Mm and in my home there's always a lot of people uh, i have two teenagers uh, <laughs> girls and mm-hmm. so they have friends over and i'm not that kind of person yeah. i mean i want to stay calm silence uh so it's very difficult for me to to cope with my
3: days
2: (laughs) because they are so messy and there's so much confusion (laughs) and I really need silence. I really need silence and I think plants are perfect (laughs) because they don't move, they are (laughs) silent. They don't ask
1: anything. (laughs) They don't
2: have, yeah exactly, they don't have a long list of requests, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, it's, it's easy. They just need water and light. (laughs) <laughs> and, that's, mm. and that's all.
1: And that's all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'd love to talk about your art because you've been creating botanical illustrations for less than a year, but you have taken to it like a duck to water. You're, inc- you're making incredibly detailed and beautiful work. And I'd love to know about that, how and why you started botanical art and how it feels to capture your plants in this way
2: with art. Well, I have no idea. It was a surprise for me. (laughs) Uh, I've always kept journals Mm -hmm. of my plants. Some years ago I used to have a very big orchid collection. So I used to write down uh, the names of all the orchids, when I bought them, uh, when I changed the soil, when they bloomed. I used to keep all the information in a journal and I decided why not try to draw them,
3: Mm.
2: but for all my life I was sure I couldn't draw anything, not even a line, because I've been studying on books, uh, many different subjects, but never drawing, never art. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, okay, let's try to write down some information about my plants and also try to picture some of them. And it was funny, but also it was something very strange because in the end it turned out something quite beautiful and nice. Mm. Even if I don't have any background in art, and I never took a class. And I know nothing about media, (laughs) watercolors, colored pencils, nothing. So I chose what was convenient for me in that moment, what was more comfortable for me. And I at at the beginning, I used to mix everything, pencil, uh, watercolor, um, I didn't have a clue about the kind of paper I should have mm-hmm. used, and then, when I saw that my drawings were getting more and more beautiful i won't i won't say beautiful, but
1: mm, you can they look, are beautiful
2: lookable <laughs> 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 if that's even a word um I started to um investigate deeper Mm -hmm. into media into paper and i started to look into instagram or different websites and i realized that there's a whole world of botanical illustration and so i started because i have an academic approach to everything in my life. So I want to study everything I like. I study, I study everything (laughs) that I like. So I started studying watercolor because this Mm -hmm. is the most commonly used medium for botanical illustration. And I'm I'm just trying. And then I decided to join a couple of schools online Mm -hmm. because I want to improve my techniques but uh, the best thing i've learned is that art is not a talent yes it's a skill
1: yes you've said it perfectly yes and that's so important for people to understand because like you so many people don't pick up a pen or a pencil or a paintbrush because they have this thought it's not me, I'm not an artist, but you can be.
2: You can yes. Be. yes, you can be an artist, especially if your heart is open when you create. Yeah. You don't have to make perfect works. Uh, but if your feelings are there, and if people can see your feelings through your drawings, I think that's the best thing you can do Mm.
3: Mm. even even if your
2: technique is not adequate is not okay even if you never studied,
1: yes and your technique just gets better and better the more you do it that's that's as simple as it is yeah You're creating beautiful works. When I read that you had been doing this for less than a year, I I was confused because you're making such beautiful pictures. (laughs) And (laughs) I wonder how you feel about that. You must be so proud of of what you're creating.
2: Yes, I'm surprised of myself. Mm. And I'm very proud. I'm very Mm. proud of myself because my family... And I was also inclined to think that art was, um, I don't know how to express this, maybe a waste of time. Okay. Because, yeah, it's not productive.
1: It's not practical. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, if, you, if I took um, half an hour for me when I was a teenager to draw, to draw uh, no, it wasn't possible. I was wasting my time. Mm. I should have studied or cleaned my home or do something more practical, you know? <laughs> And so that's why I've never approached drawing because I, I had to study, I had to study. That's Interesting. what, yeah. That was a waste <laughs> of time.
1: And how did you overcome that feeling? How did you get past that feeling to the point now where you realize that it isn't a waste of time, that it is important?
2: Because I'm tired. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because I'm, I'm really tired of all that's going on around yeah. my life, around the world, yeah. and I think that... 30 minutes or one hour of my day is not a waste of time if I dedicate Mm. if I dedicate some moments for myself Mm. I finally understand that it's okay and it's a beautiful thing because I've always been doing things for others thinking about my family first what i needed to do on my job and what about myself yes and thanks to the pandemic <sighs> i had some i had more time for me i mean i had the whole day mm. and so i cleaned the house i did everything and then what what why not drawing mm. So now I'm quite in peace with myself. Quite. Not completely. (laughs) In fact, I usually draw after dinner. When everything else is accomplished Mm. and okay. When everything is clean, is ready, and the girls are ready for uh, going to bed, and Mm -hmm. the pets are fed, and everybody is okay, then then yeah, and time draw. for you
3: yeah
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's interesting and isn't it um also the case that when you gift that time to yourself that you have more energy to support other people i find that with myself that if i forget to make art if i forget to go outside or forget to nature journal that i get it's more like a grind like you're grinding through the day get this done and get that done but then if I take half an hour and go outside and take my pencil and do some nature journaling, I feel stronger. I f- it doesn't feel like a grind and I'm more able to do the the things for other people or the things that need to be done around the house. Because I've filled myself a little bit yeah, and then I exactly. can keep going.
2: Yes, mm. yes. I feel less tired. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I... I- Tell to myself, um, maybe I should go to bed because I'm really tired. Yeah. And then I say, no, okay, I'll try to draw for half an hour. And I'm not tired anymore. I could go Mm. on for the whole night. (laughs) I don't feel sleepy anymore because I'm doing something that I like. And that makes me feel good, finally, at the end of the day. That's beautiful.
0: I'm
1: wondering if you feel like drawing a particular plant helps you know it in a deep way. When you're when you're illustrating one of your beloved houseplants, do you feel like you begin to know it even more deeply than you did before?
2: Yes, I discover veins, little veins, and I discovered the changing of colors because uh, the green changes through the plant's life. Mm. Uh, when the leaves are younger, uh, the leaves are pale are, or maybe the green is more vibrant and then it becomes darker, then sometimes they become yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the yellow is also beautiful, and they have, yes. they may have brown edges, and they are part of their life. So many plants, they change color, they change shape according to light, according to the place where they live. In fact, I, I usually turn my pots. Um, maybe once a week so that I can have I can shape the plants that I have oh wow yeah because they lean towards the light so Mm. yeah they move they're not they're not just there they live they are living creatures yeah
1: wow Uh, the way you speak about tending to the houseplants is so beautiful and You wrote on a blog you wrote observe carefully always. This is the only way to know someone deeply and it It really touched me because it really is the way that you observe like why are these leaves yellow or why is this plant wilting or It's a real tender care that you offer the plants and in that observation you're giving like um you're giving a beautiful attention. It reminds me of how we care for babies because babies can't speak. They can only indicate with, in certain ways what they need. And, and our job is to be attentive and to listen and observe. And I love that you do that with your plants. It's beautiful.
2: And to see the changes. Mm. Uh, yeah, when you know something or someone very well, you can detect... The, even the little changes mm, yes. in their attitude. So maybe something is changing. Uh, maybe the light is not enough. Maybe you gave your plants too much water, too little water, mm. or there's something wrong, the seasons are changing. And so the, uh, the in- inclination of the sun is different. Mm-hmm. it's hot it's cold yeah they are not just there in the pot they are living creatures. Yeah. they breathe and they react to the outside world
3: mm-hmm.
1: i love the way you are with plants it's really inspiring and beautiful i notice in your instagram posts that you often mention color and color combinations in your plants and I am passionate about color and I'm always amazed how color how nature presents colors together that they're just such a beautiful combinations and I love to speak about color you've mentioned about all the different greens that a plant can have in its life and I'd love to talk about color with you how you feel about it and how you understand color
2: well, green is, of course, my favorite color for yes, drawing. <laughs> ju- yeah, just for drawing, <laughs> because I don't wear colors a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm mostly black and gray. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, green is a color that I love to explore and to make it. And I try all these swatches. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I try with... All the blues and different mm. yellows that I have, and I make mm-hmm. different colors. Uh, at first, they used to turn muddy. Every mm-hmm. every green I had used to turn muddy. But now I I think I understand better how to how to deal with colors, with all the different yeah. colors and shades. And I've read somewhere that in nature. There are almost, I think, 200 different shades of green. Wow. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. And then I have a strange thing that, I don't know, I have many colors on my palette. I never, Mm -hmm. almost never clean my palette Mm -hmm. from one drawing to the other. I always keep the colors there. And when I start a drawing... I, I start to mix the colors, almost perfect, I think, and try to find the colors, and then I have a habit, it's an unconscious, I realize it later, that I, I don't know how or why, but I need to clean my palette. So I use all the colors that were there from drawings that I made before. So even colors that they are not in my drawing, but I succeed in matching them as well. Mm. So yeah, I can, I don't know, I always use greens, yellows, browns, um, but I even if I, I don't know, I have a pink and I'm drawing um, just a green leaf, I'm using that pink. Mm. i don't know yes. i like to play with colors
1: yes and it's very interesting to me also when you start to look at colors more deeply you find pinks in amongst things or you find an orange here where you just thought it was a solid green when you start to get sensitive a sensitive sort of looking you find colors that you didn't know were there until you started
2: to look yeah yes because light uh gives everything different shades uh, i i think i can find any colors everywhere and mm. mm. uh, we think that uh, shadow is gray mm. no it's not you're right it's, yeah it's made of all the colors that surround the object So a shadow can be yellow, can be pink, can be red, can be green, can be any color. Yes. It's just an observation because sometimes we have some ideas in our mind and we think they are the true ideas, but they are not. If we start to observe, then we really see colors, we really see light. And we have to just erase the ideas that we already have in our minds.
1: Yes. Are you able to articulate what you said that before, that you started with muddy greens when you were mixing and now you understand it? Are you able to explain what you do differently now from when you were making, mixing muddy colors? Or is it just an intuition that you can't explain?
2: Well, I think it's practice, of course. And then maybe I'm more um, careful of Mm -hmm. starting with a color and then adding drops of the other. So I'm starting with a blue, maybe a cobalt blue or Prussian blue. And then I add just a little bit of yellow and see what happens. Mm Yes, okay, (laughs) Okay. bit by bit. Yeah, bit by bit. So I try to understand (laughs) how it works, bit by bit, yeah, yes.
1: Do you always mix your greens or do you have some prepared greens on your palette as well?
2: Well, I usually have sap green, that's the, Mm -hmm. the, the one that I prefer. But then I always need to make it darker or lighter or brighter. And so I start to add, uh, I've studied, I've studied what colors I need to add to make it duller or brighter, but then I go, um, I just take my way and add whatever. I think it's better to add.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I had a funny relationship with color. I was using Watercolor for years without knowing what I was doing with color mixing and often thinking oh I want to mix that color, and I don't know how or trying and failing and then I Studied color mixing and color theory and now I feel like a real freedom because I I Understand it and I've gotten to know it much more deeply and now I just mix my colors I don't have green on my palette, but there it still is an intuition to it, so I know it's a mixture of like head and um, intuition, if that makes sense. So I'm yes, um, I'm doing it from a place of knowing the theory and also then just mm, a bit of this and a bit trying. of as yes. well. <laughs> yeah, just
2: trying how it feels to mix yeah. a different color. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: I love color so much. I love color on the page, but I also just love. The play of it, the play of mixing color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> so, were you, you touched on it a little bit before? But you have a job that keeps you really close to the the pandemic and the ups and downs of it. And I'd love to talk to you about the pandemic and how it's affected you and your work and how I know that as a sensitive person and as a person who doesn't feel. Um, who, who feels anxious amongst all the hustle and bustle. I wonder how you're coping and how it's going for you.
2: Well, my life has changed completely during the pandemic because mm. before it was March of last year, Yes, I used to have a job, a company, I used to run a company with my husband. Um, I've had this company for around 20 years. Mm. We started this company together and it was a school for policemen, the army, and police officers. And we had a very, very good business. In March, everything stopped, Mm. everything stopped. For a couple of months, we uh, were just waiting to see what was going to happen. And then we understood that we had to close down the company. Mm. So we both lost the job and it's been a very hard time. And uh, depression hit my husband yeah. because he used to his job was uh, traveling around the world uh, to teach people and all of a sudden he was closed in the house
3: mm-hmm. and
2: couldn't move so he started with depression and just went away in August he packed everything and went away. And uh, so uh, I found myself alone, with no job, and with the girls. Wow. And I was lucky enough, uh, and i will be grateful forever, that I found this job uh, in the biggest COVID hospital around Venice, uh, in the RSU office, and I was very scared. Uh, I started this job end of August after 20 years of being the boss mm. and having having people mm. um, around me that I had to organize and... And I had to, it was my business. Yes. Uh, in two months, I had to change everything. And I had a batch uh, to enter and go out. And I had very fixed times from 8 in the morning to 6 p.m. It's very long and it's quite far from house it's 30 minutes drive so my girls had to be alone the whole day they are not little girls they are 18 and 16 but you know they were not used living alone the whole day so well it was a new start for me yes I'm not very anxious about it. I'm very proud of myself. Yes. good. I'm very proud of myself because I'm, I'm providing my girls with all they need and I'm also still finding time for myself. Mm. And I'm going on. Even if I'm turning 50 in two months, I'm starting again. Yes. I'm starting again. I was very scared, but mm, I discovered that I'm stronger than I thought. That's powerful. So this pandemic is a disaster. (laughs) It's a disaster. Starting from Monday, we'll be in lockdown again. Okay. Next Monday and i'm dealing with doctors and nurses i hire i hire doctors and nurses and i talk to them Mm -hmm. and and also i try to keep everybody calm Mm. because i find that we are all very anxious yes but there's nothing we can do There's nothing we can do. This is a present situation that is not up to us. We cannot decide what to do. We cannot decide to close or open the shops or the borders of our cities. So we just have to cope with that and trying to be careful, uh, wearing masks, washing hands, and all that stuff. And I, I'm sure that sooner or later something is going to happen. Mm. We cannot we cannot keep on like this forever. Something is going to happen. And I can see maybe some positive things through this pandemic. Um, maybe we discovered a different meaning Uh, to time mm, people uh, ourselves yes because we are measuring with so many strange things and everybody is trying to adjust to this new life yes
1: do you feel like everyone's got a new sensitivity to others maybe I feel like if there's a sort of um an understanding that everyone's going through a hard time and so maybe people are being more gentle
2: with each other do you feel that no <laughs> no <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> no because I feel um it depends it depends on on the persons because yeah. some persons yes they are more sensitive, and they uh, came closer to nature. Yes, but I can see many people. They are angry. Yes, yeah, stressed and upset. Yes, they are angry. They are not tolerant with others mm. because maybe because they are they lost their jobs. They have problems with money. Maybe they are. They have. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe members of their families are sick. So there's these two opposite mm-hmm. feelings, um, and I can I can see that many many people are very angry, very angry. Very angry and they cannot understand what's going on and they don't Mm. accept what's going on.
1: Yeah. And that's a normal emotional response to trauma and tragedy, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's also, yeah, you can decide how to react Mm.
3: uh,
2: to things. You can decide. You have the power of your life. And of your of your reactions, mm. so you can decide whether you can uh, create something positive even during bad and awful period, mm. or you can decide to be sad and angry with people. It's up to you how you deal with your life. For me, at least. The pandemic has been, uh, economically speaking, a disaster. Mm. I had, and I will have, I think for years, many economic problems. But at the same time, I think I was the happiest person ever because for the first time in my life I could stay in my house Without everybody telling me, why don't you dress up and go out? <laughs> I finally could say, I must stay home. <laughs> yes, uh, an introvert's dream. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I could finally stay in the house with no justification. Uh, the hard times came when lockdown was over Mm. and so we started to take the first step outside after two or three months in the home uh, with different rhythms we had to start all over again and stay out 12 hours a day and work and talk to people and i think that was very stressful very Mm. stressful
3: for me Mm.
2: i
1: feel like more people are coming to creativity and nature through this and maybe it's a reaction to the fear and needing something solid to hold on to or something nourishing for the soul do you feel that something
2: that is not change yeah yeah something that is not changing Nature is still there. Spring is there. Yes. Uh, seasons are changing. Uh, the sun is shining or it's raining. Mm. Nature doesn't really care about COVID.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, everything is going on. The world yeah. is going on.
1: Yes, and through creativity and connection with nature, we can tap into that as well—a little bit, or for just a moment, or just half an hour, or. Yes. And that feels yes, safe. That feels that's good.
2: That's what surrounds us. And when we had to be closed in our walls or in our garden—for the lucky persons that have a garden—that <laughs> was that was all you had. Yes. Uh, A window and the trees that you could see outside the window yes so that's uh, the the connection with nature is of course stronger and uh, since you had a lot of time free time many people started to do creative works to spend the time And to connect with nature and with ourselves
1: more. Yes. I'm loving this conversation. (laughs) I feel um, because you are a sensitive person and I'm a sensitive person, I can feel when you speak about nature and when you speak about art, I can feel it inside me as well. And it's beautiful. (laughs) I wonder... I wonder if, um, because you ha- I said before, you've inspired me about starting to bring a little bit of the outdoors inside my home with houseplants, and I don't know where to start. And I wonder if you could tell me if someone wanted to start keeping houseplants, but they were a complete beginner, like me. I wonder what you would advise.
2: Well, first of all, easy plans, of course. Okay. <laughs> okay. But... I think that you uh, you are very fond of nature outside yes and so I think it's going to be quite easy for you because my advice when you when you take any kind of houseplant inside uh, is first of all to understand that they are not house plants they are plants yes that have their own habitats, usually in rainforests, South America or Asia. So I think the first thing you you could do is to study where they come from, Mm. so that you can understand their requirements because um, they usually they are tropical plants so houses are not of course the ideal condition for them so we need to understand what they have and what they receive in nature Mm -hmm. Uh, of course the most important things are light and water but maybe light more than water because with light, they can make their own food through photosynthesis. And then we should understand where they are living in nature. Mostly, they are living in forests, Mm
3: -hmm. tropical
2: forests. But that doesn't tell a lot, because forests are made of very tall trees, but also very little plants that live in the shadows of the trees. So you should understand what kind of plant you have in your house. Orchids, uh, they um, usually climb over trees. So they need a lot of light. But there are also terrestrial orchids that live on the ground So they need less light. So Mm -hmm. the first thing for me is when you see a plant that you like, you have to pick the plant that you like, visually like, Mm -hmm. and that you feel something. doesn't matter if it's easy or difficult. And then study and investigate where she's living in nature, her habitat. And try to recreate the conditions in your house. So choose the right window. Mm-hmm. According to the season, you may you may move the plant yes. during the year according to the season. Uh, usually uh, most plants do well in for you north-facing windows.
3: Mm-hmm
2: right they need a lot of light but not direct sun so investigate nature you love outdoors so investigate their habitat
1: that's beautiful advice yeah tune into the plants and investigate their their natural needs
2: that's beautiful (laughs) i don't think you should just yeah i started my conversation my uh, answer saying choose the easiest Mm plants but i don't Mm -hmm. think it's no i don't think it's correct it's just the standard answer (laughs) but then i i thought that no you just need to find the plants that tune in yeah Mm -hmm. yes that speaks to you
1: Yes, and you have a blog post and it's called There's No Such Thing as a Black Thumb. And I love this because there's often people who say, oh, I can't do plants, I kill all the plants. And you advise in your blog post that we have this inbuilt biological connection with nature and that we are removed from that by our... Daily lives by our screens, by our, you know, the the modern life that we have, yes. but it's inside us, and yeah. I love that, and it's so true that we are biological beings, where we're animals built for survival, and we're built for nature, we're built for tuning into nature. And exactly. In your blog post, you describe this like mm-hmm. you just have to stop and tune in, and your yes. your own nature is still there.
2: Yes. We have lost the connection with nature because if we want to know what's the weather like, we just pick up our phones
0: yes, <laughs>
2: and look at the weather forecast. And I almost never do that. I go outside and look at the sky. Mm. If it's cloudy, I will find clouds. And <laughs> if it's going to rain, I can feel the moisture in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we should just uh, free our senses. I love, the only time when I love to stay outside is when it's dark. Okay. At night. Maybe it's not night, just five o'clock in, in the winter time, <laughs> but you know, it's dark. When it's dark, I feel wow. safe. And I, I see that during the night, um, there are different animals than they. The, the leaves on the trees are different, the trees sleep. I didn't know that. I, I found, found that out a few months ago, that the trees go to sleep. So you can see almost a silver shine, if you look at the trees, because the leaves close. The, the leaves are like solar panels during the day, but at night they go up and close. Wow. To store energy. So if you look at trees at night, you see they, they shine. They are silver, shiny. And then there are creatures coming out at night. Hedgehogs or I have frogs in my pond or spiders. I hate spiders, but I can see that <laughs> some spiders, um, they just go out at night and i can see different i can hear different birds mm. the night birds. so there's a whole world in during the night mm. and if we just try to connect may, maybe at night it's easier because there's no traffic there's less traffic yes. there's less Uh, noise coming from outside so we can hear nature we can hear the wind blowing Uh, we can hear the leaves falling in the fall Um, I don't know, I think I think, yeah, the connection with nature is inside us
1: Yes, it's about taking the time to focus on it, isn't it?
2: yeah but also observe don't take the tree for granted uh, because you see it every day it's beautiful to see the changing of the seasons and now it's spring almost spring here so the leaves are coming back and nature is changing and we should really listen and see nature that's the only way we can save our souls, I think.
1: Laura, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like you have just opened up with such honesty and such vulnerability, and you're speaking about things that often we don't speak about. And it's so important because these things are things that people feel, and when they're articulated, we touch each other we touch other people and i'm so privileged to have had this conversation with you thank you i was
2: so happy so happy i have no words to explain (laughs) thanks so much thank you thank you very much
0: i hope you enjoyed this conversation with laura I was touched by the way she spoke with such openness about her anxiety and the difficulties of life and how caring for plants and making artwork of plants is her mental shelter. I think this phrasing is so important and it made me think about what I consider to be my own mental shelter. Nature absolutely is part of my mental shelter and art absolutely. (laughs) Having a place that we can find shelter from the things that are scary or overwhelming or unmanageable in the world, or just a shelter from our own thoughts, which honestly can be the scariest thing out there sometimes. This sanctuary is so important. For you, it might be your nature journal, or walking in nature, or cups of tea under a favourite tree, or it might be coloured pencils moving across a fresh white page. Whatever it is that gives you that feeling of sanctuary, I'm wishing that for you, today and every day. Please take good care. See you next week.